The information provided is not a substitute for legal and other professional advice where the facts and circumstances warrant. People should always consult their own legal or other professional advisors and discuss the facts and circumstances that apply to their specific circumstances. The information shared on Ask the Landlord is for educational purposes only. Hi, everyone. We're back with another episode of Ask the Landlord with our favorite landlord, Albert Duet. I'm Melissa. I'm one of Albert's producers and a former New York City, Pittsburgh, and Lafayette, Louisiana renter. And together, we're going to be asking this landlord some questions. Today, Albert, here's my question. What happens when a landlord sells the building that I'm living in? Oh, I thank you for asking that question, Melissa. And I'll bet that's on people's minds. Um, and I think, you know, what I think about is people want to be secure in their homes, right? They want to know they're going to be okay. I mean, that's just like, it's hard enough to work and make a living and all that. And it's like, oh, and, you know, they have to worry about where you're living. It's like, really, it, it needs, your home needs to be a, pay, a place where you're like safe and happy. And it's like um, uh, peaceful you know, and when that gets interrupted, it's, uh, it can be very disheartening, um, stressful, etc. A few things. First of all, it depends where you live most, you know, most of the time, uh, I'll, I'll come back to that, but you know, you have a lease agreement and your lease agreement as a, as a resident governs your tenancy. So the new owner has to abide by the lease that's in place. So if the lease says, oh, I have six more months left on my rent or lease, then, you know, you don't have to worry about uh, being displaced or anything like that. Now, there are rules in different places at, for the end of the lease, uh, or if, the, if you know, let's say it's not a residential uh, a, a building, and let's say you're in an office building, those are things that I've seen where landlords put in like what's called a demolition clause. This is not a residential thing, right? But I've seen it in commercial spaces like offices where the landlord tells the, the the office client, hey, you have a lease, but one day we might want to fix the building or do something. So we have a certain, uh, we can we can vacate you given a certain time frame and notices, okay? So residential leases don't have those kind of clauses. Usually you're protected by the lease you have. And then... In many states, sorry, New York City, uh, if you're in a free market apartment, so you're, you have to abide by the lease that you have, but if you're in a rent-stabilized apartment, you have the right to just continue to stay there, right? So you never have to worry about moving. Plus, in New York, again, if you're in a rent-stabilized apartment and you know, you have family members that live with you. They even have succession rights. So, you know, you really, you really don't have to worry about moving. Now, new ownership always causes a new situation. Like 
Melissa, you know, you do things in your house the way you do them. I do things in my house the way I do them. And I have my rules. You have your rules. Um, everyone runs their property households differently. So a new owner might have different rules, might have different people, uh, might have a different um, requirements. Even, even though you have a lease, you know, they might say, okay, you got to call this number and this is how we're going to work. And this is who is going to work on the pro-. Okay. So those are new things to get used to and you may, may or may not like them. Uh, but as long as, you know, you're getting taken care of and you're, the landlord has to uphold his end of the bargain uh, that he bought from the other owner. Like basically he bought, he bought the rights to collect the rent from you and to, he has to keep the contract that, that, that is had with you. Right. Um, but also when new owners buy properties like that, very often they maybe want to do something else with the apartment or whatever. So there's usually some, it presents some opportunity for you to have a conversation with the landlord about, Hey, Hey, I, I see you bought the building. What are your plans for the building? You know, how can I help? Oh, you know, one owner would say, I'm going to buy the building and make improvements and this and that, you know, those are good things to know about, um, Usually that happens. Um, so there's some, someone who ha- buys a building has plans for it. Uh, and it's good to know sort of who that is, what they're doing, and why. So that, you know, it's going to affect you in some way. Yeah, no, that makes that a helpful? lot of sense. I think you're touching more on the fact if the the owner changes during the building. But let's say they want to make improvements and get rid of all the tenants what happens in that situation how many days notice do you have to give well you haven't you know you have again it's different for i'm um, um i didn't mean to cut you off i but i what because i re, you have a lease if you have a lease you know they, they have to abide by the lease right so it it's not there's nothing that can be done typically around that right now it doesn't mean that the landlord can't ask you uh or make you an offer, or it doesn't mean that you can't make the landlord an what offer. What does that offer look like? Like, what's an example of an offer a landlord could make? Well, let's say you have let's say you have a five year lease. You're right. I'm just saying, you know, which happens, right? You like the place, you're there, you have a five year lease, and and the landlord, whatever, is a new landlord, and and they don't want, and you see, you sort of know their plans, and you're like, listen, I I see you know, you, you want to do something with the building and I have a five year lease and I, I intend to stay, but I'd be willing to go if you made a deal with me that made it worth my while, you know, cause I have to find an alternative place to live and I'm thinking of doing going to Florida, whatever. Then there are other situations where landlords want to do different things with the property and, you know, you're in possession, right. Of the place. And really, possession as is nine tenths of the rule, especially in New York, where it's very hard to uh, get tenants uh, uh, to move, um, uh, despite you know the what the what the law is. Um, so landlords would, you know, may might be incentivized depending on their plan and the timing to. Uh, do a buyout. So what does a buyout mean? Can you explain what that um, is? So just, it's like, um, it's just like money to money to leave. And how do they get that? Like, where you does know, the number um, come from? Does the tenant decide? Does the landlord decide? Like who creates that? What, what makes it worth it? It's usually based in some kind of, so the landlord, 
usually that's that's the work for both parties. Obviously, um, it can't. It the you know the, the depends on what the tenant, where the tenant's going to go, what they're going to do, what it's worth paying. Like the landlord also has to decide what it's worth paying. You know, like you have some buildings in uh, in New York City, for example, where you have some legacy tenants, and if and they're in like old buildings that are manu- what used to be manufacturing facilities or warehouses, right? And, you know, people, landlords are converting those into like condominiums that are very expensive, right? So that you could see a buyout in the, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars and millions of dollars because the apartment it could be worth more than that, right? So, but the landlord has to take into account, oh, uh, fixing, buy, buying out the tenant, the timing, you know, those costs. And that, so it, so there has to be a meeting of the minds as to like what the landlord's willing to pay versus what the what works for the tenant, uh, where the tenant's going to go themselves, you know, things like that. So those are, um, and then the you know the buyout, in my experience, happens usually with attorneys most often with paperwork, right? So it makes sure that you know, the rights, everyone's rights are protected and that the money's, you know, usually there's a, you know, there's an agreement drawn up and there's a deposit paid. And then there's a, you know, you, Melissa, you don't move out tomorrow. Like if I tell you, oh, you go, Albert, you know, I'm here, I have a five-year lease and uh, I know you, you, you might want the apartment. So if you pay me uh, $50,000, I'll leave. Like, okay, good. I hear, I hear you. When are you going to leave? Well, I got to find a place. Okay. How long is it going to take you to find a place? Oh, it's going to take you a month. Okay, so so let's make a deal. I'm going to sign an agreement. I'll pay you a deposit, and then I'll pay you the rest when you're ready to when you're moving out, and we exchange mm. money for keys. That's that's a good exchange. So those are you know, don't forget <laughs> you're going to have taxes. Receive, right, right. Of course, good appropriate sure. for yesterday's day, sure. right? Um. <laughs> so you mentioned legacy. Right. Does it matter if I'm let's say I'm living somewhere for only two years? Would, would I be, like, could I be a candidate for a buyout if I'm in the right place, right time? Or is it, you mentioned legacies, or is it, like, someone who's been somewhere for, like, 20 years? No, no. It depends on the lo- on the laws of the place or the unit. Um, uh, in various parts of the country, the, the unit is, like, rent-stabilized or rent-controlled until, as long as you live there, Right. So the landlord can't do anything uh, beyond a certain, certain threshold for the rents as long as you live there. Um, so, you know, that let's say in the last couple of years, rents went up a lot last in the last year. Maybe the landlord says, you know what, why don't I give you like a month free rent or two months free rent and you'll leave and then I'll fix the place up and make it more money. Like this in San Francisco and, and California and stuff. The, the rents went up a lot and you're like, and let's say you got a good deal during COVID. So, so those, in some municipalities that, you know, they can only raise the rent uh, as much as uh, CPI and maybe, so CPI is like What's 6 CPI? or 7% Define. today, but Perfect. consumer Thank price you. index, <laughs> sorry, look it up. Melissa, let's look it up. Wait. For the listeners uh, out there. Saying. It's an important... All consumer. right, taking it to the internet, everyone. Let's look up CPI. CPI. What is CPI? 
Consumer price index is a measure of the average change over time in the prices paid by urban consumers for a market basket of consumer goods and services. Okay. So that's, and then what's the CPI rate right now? It says 5% mm-hmm. or, uh, like around there. Just to give right. you an, it's like inflation, okay. consumer price index. Basically it tells you uh, how much things, how much infl- it's a, it's adjusted mm-hmm. inflation for inflation. That's the CPI, essentially. Great. So basically, let's say the the landlord could only raise your rent a certain amount of money, which let's say in California, it's according to some consumer price index uh, or some restricted number. But the rents for the market went up twenty five percent. But the but the but the market the, he could only raise them five percent. So you know maybe the landlord would be incentivized to to get a new tenant. I don't know. You know. Say, giving you an idea, but that's that's sort of those things. And then you'll do there's math there. It's like, well, you know, oh, you can get two thousand dollars more, and uh, you, uh, I'm going to be here for twelve months. Uh, you multiply, you could tr- sort of figure out what makes yeah. sense, what doesn't make sense, right? Um, but you know, and then you got to think about. Um, no one wants to be somewhere where they're not wanted. Also, like mm-hmm. I found that you know, no one wants to be with people that they're not wanted to be with and no one wants to um, be somewhere where they're not wanted. And uh, I think that, you know, it's important for landlords and tenants to um, realize that they're in a, uh, what's called a symbiotic, symbiotic circle, right? They depend on each other and um, it's not, and as we say on this podcast many times, it's, it's a, it's a, it needs to be a collaborative relationship, not a, uh, right. not, it's not uh, one fight, sided. right? It's not one sided right. either way, right? Whenever you're doing something one sided, it doesn't work mm-hmm. for anybody. So have you ever had that you can recall off the top of your head, a situation where things went sour? Let's say you purchased a building or you had sold a building and a tenant was like not cooperative. Like what's something that our listeners can learn yeah. from and just not do. <laughs> it happened, you know, and we've discussed this in previous we just, um, the elevator podcasts. I think I think it, I th- those things you know things happen. I mean, I think that uh, people have things going on in their lives, uh, uh, and you don't know what's mm-hmm. what's affecting them um, socially, emotionally, mentally. Uh, the landlords uh, uh, and the, you know people have things they're dealing with and. Um, very often that causes them to uh, make mistakes, right? So I live by this rule, uh, and I try to. It's called halt, halt. Don't do anything, you know. Halt, stop. It's uh, if you're hungry, <laughs> angry, liquored, okay. or tired, right? So think about, you know, when you're interacting with people. And why you're doing things like you're in a long-term relationship with it your is, landlord. It you're, is a relationship. A I think that's a really good word. We should use more. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, and your landlord's in a relationship with the tenant. So you don't, you know, you have to be careful what you say. I, you know, you have to be careful. I, you don't want to lose your cool with people mm-hmm. um, both ways. You know, it's very, it's sometimes it, uh, it becomes frustrating. Um, and, and you don't want to burn uh, bridges. Like when you, that's a huge one for me, right? Because you sometimes no. might need that 
reference letter from a previous landlord. You don't want to leave the apartment looking like trash. You know, it's important that I like that the relationship, you will. communication. That's the point of this podcast, right? Just to in yeah, every that's right re- like aspect and corner of the tenant landlord situation. It's a relationship. It's communication, and that's why we're here on Ask the Landlord. Pick up, pick up the phone and see what you know. Have a meeting. See how listen to each other. I think what is Stephen Covey would say. Uh, First, seek to understand and then be understood. And maybe we'll end that one right there. Thank you so much, Albert. That was great. For more episodes, please subscribe to Ask the Landlord on your favorite podcast platform. We'd appreciate it if you left a review on Apple Podcasts. If you'd like to watch the show, check out our Ask the Landlord YouTube channel. If you have a question for Albert, feel free to contact him on Instagram at AskTheLandlord and check out his TikTok at AskTheLandlord. Bridging the gap between landlords and tenants, this has been Ask the Landlord. Thanks for listening.